0: To another hope message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. You know the dictionary describes partnership as a relationship in which two or more people, organisations, or countries work together. Everyone say together. together. Agreement. The dictionary defines as a negotiated and typically legally binding arrangement between parties as a course of action. Now, if you unpack those definitions, you'll find there are three qualities in there. The first is this, that it's always partnership and agreement is always with different people. There's always a merging of different people, sometimes different backgrounds, different nationalities, different countries, but different people coming, number two, together for a common purpose. Different people... Common purpose, but the third element of agreement or partnership is that they then get to enjoy a shared result. Different people, common purpose, shared result. And you know, in the natural, we understand this very, very clearly. If, if you've ever bought a car, if you bought a phone, if you've ever bought a property, or you've e- even uh, just taken a job, we understand what partnership is. We understand that many times partnership actually has a, a document or sometimes a contract, and it's clearly stating that yes, you've come from here, you've come from there, but we've come for one purpose, and this is the purpose, and these are what this is what we're looking for. I will do this, and and you will do that. I have a contract, a partnership, an agreement with Apple. I bought an Apple phone, and so I'm expecting that phone to work, and they're expecting me to look after that phone. And what a contract, what an agreement does is two things. It gives incredible clarity, but it also carries authority. If my phone breaks down and I've looked after it, I have the authority to go back to Apple and claim, I want you to fix this or replace this. But equally, they have a right to look at me and ask, well, did I run over it with my car? Did I drop it in the bath? There's a responsibility, the clarity and an authority. But how many people know there's also incredibly shared bonus, a shared result? Truth is, without Apple, I couldn't communicate with the vast majority of people that I communicate. It's got nothing to do with me. I mean, how ridiculous would it be if I stood there and just, just yelled to, to try and get the attention of my family on the other side of Melbourne or with people that we know around the world. You can't do it in your own strength. But through partnership, hello, through partnership, there's an increased benefit. Yes. Marriage. What a great example of partnership. What a great example of agreement. Two people totally different. I've got to tell you, my wife and I, we are totally different. Isn't that a strange thing about marriage? That attraction to opposites? It's a a wonderful thing, but it's a challenging thing too. And every husband said, you wussies, come on. Every wife said, yeah, women are braver than most men. But it's true. People, we look, enough, we are so different. I sort of lie, I yell a lot, I get excited, I'm not that intelligent, I'm not well educated. My wife, if she was up here on the platform, you'd go, wow, she's sophisticated, she's beautiful, she's intelligent, she's well educated. It's amazing. <laughs> Two totally different people, and yet we walk together through partnership and agreement, and we share the fruits of that relationship. That's the power of agreement. But here's the thing. When we talk about agreement, yes, there are natural examples, but the most most powerful expression of partnership or agreement is when it's a spiritual partnership and a spiritual agreement. And, you know, when we walk with a spiritual partnership, spiritual agreement, there are two incredible bonuses. Number one, it attracts the favor and the blessing of God. Before we even do anything, God says, if you walk like that together, you're going to see my favor. Psalm 133, verse 1. Many of you may know this this morning, but if you don't, this is so powerful. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Everyone say unity. Unity. Come on. Everyone say "Unity." unity. For there, verse 4 for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Do you know what I love about that scripture? It just says, when God's people live together in unity. It doesn't say when God's people have finally got their act together. It doesn't say when they've finally fixed up all their brokenness, when they've finally been to every course and they've ticked every box when they've memorized all of those scriptures, when, when they finally got it together, then I'll bless them. No, no, no. It just says, when my people just learn to walk together with all of their differences. How many people know that unity is not conformity? Unity is not when we're all just, yeah, yeah, whatever, I will do whatever. No, no, no. Unity is diversity walking together. God says, that's all it's got to be. When you walk together, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to. I don't know about you, but that's good news. I don't know about you, but when I came to Christ, my life was a mess. I was so broken. I'd been so deceived. I'd been so polluted by the things of the world. But all I had to do was say yes to Jesus and learn to walk in unity in a healthy local church. And the blessing of favour of God has fallen and followed my wife and I all the days of our life. It's not about perfection. It's about unity. It's about partnership. It attracts the blessing and the favour of God. But listen, here's the most important thing. It engages the authority and the power of heaven. That's why you can pray with your pastor in a moment like that when God is speaking, when the Holy Spirit's moving. And when you pray together like that, I'm telling you, a prayer that comes out of unity, a prayer that comes out of partnership, it is registered in heaven. It's registered in heaven. And ultimately, it will be manifest on earth. There may be a gap in between. That's not a problem. There may be a gap in between. But once it's registered in heaven, it will It will be manifest on earth. Jesus, get listen. This is what Jesus said, Matthew 18. Truly, I tell you, whoever whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you truly that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. How many people know Jesus is talking about agreement? He's talking about partnership. And the truth is, whenever we agree, whenever we partner together on God's Word, around God's Word and around God's purpose, not our dreams, not our fantasies, but when we agree on God's Word and in God's purpose, authority and power is released. It's a promise. It's there. It's there. It's written. Jesus spoke it. But the question is, what does it look like in our day to day lives? How does, it, how does it manifest in our day? I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear a message that I can't live. <laughs> I, don't some, I don't want some idea that, that doesn't work. The beautiful thing is, we can look at something and we can apply it in our lives. I want us to go to a story, if you would, if you've got your Bibles on your phone, your iPad, maybe. How many people have a hard copy? Whoa, come on, hard copy believers. First Kings chapter 17, you want to look at the story of the prophet Elijah? Uh, if you're not familiar with the story, Elijah was the man of God. He was the prophet who was ministering in a dark season. He was ministering during the reign of King Ahab. The Bible says that Ahab did more evil than any other king that the nation had ever known. That's a heavy statement. That's a big statement. And what we've got to understand is that here is a man of God that was alive and was called to minister in one of the darkest seasons of the nation, but he saw God move powerfully. Do you know, the church is never subject to the season. You and I are here, and you might think about 2020 as a dark season. You and I might think we go through hard times, but the truth is that it's in those hard times, in those dark times, God wants to show His glory more than any other. And the call upon the church and upon every believer. My goodness, this the 2020 period, that wasn't a time. This is not a time to say, hold on, it's all gonna get better. No, no, no. Yeah, hold on, trust God. But listen, this was a time for us to rise up. If ever there's a time for the church to rise, for faith to rise, it's when things look bad. And Elijah was in that period. And he goes to God, he goes to King Ahab one day on a word from God. And he makes a declaration. He says, listen, God wants to show you, I'll paraphrase, God is basically saying to the king, I want to show you who the true God is, not the gods that you're worshipping. And he said, because of that, it's not going to rain. It will not rain from this moment on until God says it's going to rain. He then had to flee from the king's presence. And God told him, hey, you need to go and hide in the Kareth ravine. And God gave him a promise. If you hide over there, I'm going to look after you. And the Bible says this, that ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. How many people know Uber is nothing new? (laughs) This is the original home delivery. And think about it. Think about the, the incredible season that Elijah was in. I mean, he's got the king after him. He's got the, the land in drought. But there he is, hidden by God with miracle provision day after day after day. But then something not so, not so good happened. First Kings 17 one says, Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And I read that statement, I can't help but think that's a little bit like 2020. Maybe before 2020 hit, you sort of had it all figured. I think we did really, we we could get up and go to work, we could go to send the kids to school, Um, everything was sort of flowing and we lived in the best country in all the world and uh, we knew how life worked, we knew how church worked, we could go to church. And then suddenly 2020 hit. And suddenly everything changed. And for many people, everything got very, very dark. But the good news this morning is this, that the river might dry up, the brook might dry up, everything might change, but God is still in control. God is not phased by a short season. God is not phased by a brook because He rules over all the season. And there was a day coming on God's calendar when He would simply speak the word, let it rain, let it rain. And if you put your hand up, Believing for a miracle on the word that was prophesied earlier on in this meeting. Can I tell you, if there's faith in that prayer, it's registered. And there is a time appointed where God says, yes, that business will flourish. Where God says, yes, that marriage will come together. That child will be restored. Whatever the need is, God simply registers it, ticks off a day on his calendar and says, on that day, it's going to rain. The question is, will we stand firm until that day? That's what faith is, standing firm until that day. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I can have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, Oh, and bring me, please, a little piece of bread. So far, it's going well. He's following the word of the Lord. There is a widow. It's all good, but it doesn't stay that way. The next thing is this. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour and a jar and a little oil and a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. How many people know this morning that just because you've got a promise from God doesn't mean everything's going to go well. In fact, the reality is many times you can have a promise from God and before it gets better, it often gets worse. (laughs) It's true. Before the rain could come, the brook had to dry up. And many times the test of faith is will we stand when the brook is dry? Many of us can stand when we see the rain coming, but the test of faith. And listen, it's not because if your brook has dried up, it's not because you have failed. It's not because the devil is greater. It's not because something's gone terribly wrong. If the brook has dried up, it's an opportunity for you and I to grow in faith. It's an opportunity where God says, I want to show you my glory. And if the brook keeps going, and if the ravens keep coming, I won't be able to show you another level of my provision. You see, if you know the end of this story, we'll come to it in a moment, but the Elijah went from daily provision to ongoing abundance. Wait for that as you see it in the story." It got worse, but then it got better. Elijah said to her, "Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid." Go home and do as you've said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Isn't that a great, great story? I love it. You know, the first thing I see when I look at this is if we're going to walk in partnership and agreement, it's all about having a heart after God. Nothing in, the, nothing in our walk of faith is first and foremost about technique. It's never first and foremost about performance, being good enough or, or learning the technique, seven steps to see your miracle. No, it all starts, the gospel, the gospel all starts on having a heart after God. Can I tell you the only thing God really wants from our, our lives is our heart. When it's heart first, everything else can flow. Because here's the thing, if our heart is leaning towards God, God is already leaning towards us. And if our heart is leaning towards Him, we will always catch that whisper. You see, the, 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 the power of Elijah was in the fact that he had a word from God. He wasn't going on his own wisdom. He had a word from God and he had a word from God because he loved the presence of God, was found in his presence with a heart that longed for him and caught the whisper that God had given to him. It's all about the heart. When you have that heart, you'll always catch the word. My wife and I, Sally, in six days' time, we're going to be celebrating our 38th wedding anniversary. (laughs) Can I tell you that's a mixed blessing because I mean you look at it and say, 38 years, that's awesome, but then you realise we're getting old. (laughs) We we have five children, four of them are married, and so far they've given us seven grandchildren. And I say to them, what's wrong with you? I want more. Sometimes they'll come around, they'll bring their little babies into the house and, and they'll put the baby for a sleep and they'll take the baby upstairs and the baby ends up in a bedroom on the farthest place of the house we can possibly put them. We'll be down downstairs in the lounge room, whatever, having a cup of tea and we'll be talking to our kids and then suddenly they'll just say, oh, uh, so-and-so's awake. And i think, how do you know that? How do you know they're awake? And I'll say, well, I just heard her crying. And I'll say, how did you? How did you hear that? I didn't hear a thing. The answer is simple. Because that's their child. Because they are so invested, their heart beats for their child. They've spent so much time with that child. They recognize the smallest little cry. And they can respond. Just, just like your father in heaven. It's just like how we need to relate to God. The more we lean into his presence, the more we catch the whisper. And then we've got something to respond to. You can't be in partnership without a revelation. You can't be in partnership without a word to agree with. And the good thing is, you may you may think, well, you know, it's only the pastors, it's only the leaders, because we get up on platform, we say, you know, I just feel God say this, I just feel. And you think, well, that's not how I. No, no. The reality is, every single one of us can hear with God. Yeah. Because the Word of God promises that. It's got nothing to do with how long we've been walking, how good we've been walking. It's about God's promise. And God's promise over and over and over in the Word is that if you will seek me, you will find me. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me and those who seek me, find me. Psalm 9, verse 10, those who know your name, trust in you for you, Lord, have never, everyone say never, Have never forsaken those who seek you. I've met people and they say, Oh, I just can't sense God. Oh, God's just not speaking to me. And the simple question is, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you seeking Him? Are you sitting in His presence? Are you opening up the Word and saying, God, speak? Because the truth is, when we do that, God has promised. He's already waiting. You ever had an appointment? If you have an appointment, you go there because they're already there. You don't go there hoping the doctor will turn up, hoping the dentist. No, no, you go to an appointment because you know they will be there. And I tell you, God is already there. God is already waiting. He set an appointment. And when we go into his presence, he will speak. But listen, it's not just about hearing. It's not just about having an agreement with the word that God has spoken. It's about connecting with others. It's about a divine, sovereign connection. Do you know, nothing happened with Elijah until God connected him with the widow woman. He had a word. He had all that faith. He'd taken steps of initial obedience, but nothing happened until he was in that divine connection. And nothing happened for the widow woman. She was just going to do what she said, and then they would have laid down and died until she was divinely connected with a man of God and they walked in partnership. Can I tell you, that is such a powerful principle. Who you are connected with, Determines so much about our lives, full stop, but about our lives of faith and about releasing the blessing of God. And can I tell you, there is no better thing than knowing that you have been planted in the house of the Lord. And when you are planted in a local church, a healthy local church, like Life Church, like what God is building here. When you are planted, that is your opportunity to get connected, to get connected and watch the blessing of God flow through that partnership. I want to encourage you, if you are new to the church, or maybe you've been coming in for a while, don't let it just be that you walk through the doors, have an encounter with God, and then walk out the doors. No, build relationships. It may be awkward. I can remember. You know, sometimes the most significant relationships get off to a funny start. You ever notice that? When my wife and I first met, she was totally, thoroughly, completely unsaved. So far away from God. I used to call her my magnificent heathen. <laughs> so far away from God. First, well, I can't, tell you what, I can't tell you what she said when we were first introduced. Someone introduced us, they're saying, Oh, Sally, this is David and blah, blah, blah. And then said this, Oh, and you should know he's a really strong Christian. And I can't tell you she swore. She swore, you wouldn't believe it now, but she swore, looked at me with utter disdain and said, what a waste. (laughs) That's a bit of an awkward beginning. But hey, guess what? God looked at that and smiled. I think God was just in heaven going, you just watch. You just watch. And you know, it wasn't too long after that, she got thoroughly born again, thoroughly filled with the Spirit. We were connected in a healthy uh, local church. Got connected in God, and boom, the rest is history. Do you know when Elijah first met the widow? That was a bit of an awkward start. I mean, think about it. I'm sure he was expecting a rich widow. I'm sure he's expecting someone with a big inheritance, maybe runs a bakery takeaway. I don't know, whatever. But what does he get? A poor widow. And th- he could easily have taken offence at that. Thought, oh, I obviously got the wrong woman. Move on. Yeah, go home, die, whatever. I'm looking for a rich widow. But he didn't. He recognised, no, no, this is God. Now, remember how offended could she be? She, I mean, here comes the prophet, the man of God. And he just says, yeah, okay, okay, I hear your story. But go and take a step of faith. Go and step a, take a step of faith and see what God will do. She could have been so offended. <laughs> Call yourself a man of God. Where's your mercy? Where's your compassion? Thought you would have put your arm around me or prayed for me or, or got someone. You, know, you, you Just go home and, and, and mate you a meal. I'm, I'm leaving this church. <laughs> I'm not hanging around this church. That pastor doesn't love people at all. No, but she didn't. She recognized, no, I think this is God. I think this is God. See, can I tell you, it's not about just connecting. It's about defending And can I encourage you? This church is a healthy church. I love the spirit of this church. There's there's such a strong sense of unity. But can I tell you, if the devil wants to get in anywhere, he wants to try and get into a healthy place and bring offence, and cause disunity because as soon as you won't flow together, everything's over. Everything's over. You you can still gather. You you can still do things. But if there's not unity, it's all over. I was watching the musicians. So cool! You've got—I think the bass man was here. And if you want great music, you watch, the bass man's always cool, isn't he? Or yes. well, the bass go yeah, yes. ba-dong, 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 ba yeah. ba Then you have got the guy doing the lead breaks. And he, I was watching, and the lead break guy—he's—he's he's into it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all happening here. And then you've got the other guy just, I don't know, what it, I'm not musical, which is obvious, but he, he's doing rhythm and whatever's happening here, you know, bass, boom, boom, boo, and, <laughs> and this guy's just, <laughs> and then you've got your keyboarder just jumping up and down and this and that. Then you've got the drummer over here, <laughs> what, what I mean, talk about a picture of partnership. Yeah. Talk about it. I mean, they could all look at each other and the bass man could go, oh, settle down, dude." Like, yeah. <laughs> It's not that good. I mean, you're not that good. Settle down, settle down. The drummer could be going, Yeah, well, if it wasn't for me keeping bass, you lot wouldn't have a hope. You are hopeless. Stick to the beat, will you? We let a fence come in so easily. We look at hairstyles, we look at clothes, we look at the style of the preaching. We look at the, we, oh, not that worship leader. I don't like that worship leader. Oh, no. Think about it. And if we're not careful, offense can sneak in there, and offense is going to pollute any family, any partnership. I love what Brian Houston shared once. He said, Listen, if you haven't been offended yet in church, I can teach you how. It's so easy. It's so easy. And the whole room lent in. He said, All you got to do is just hang around. That's all you've got to do. It's just a matter of time. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to do something. But it's up to you. It's nothing. You can be offended, but don't hold on to that offence. Deal with that offence and walk in partnership. Can I have another hand? So it's it's about hearing. It's having a heart for God. It's about connecting. But it's also about the language that's coming out of our mouth. I want to close on this. Can we have the musicians come up? I want to sing that song again. We sang earlier, uh, House of Miracles. Because this is the house of the miraculous. This is God's house. But you know, when we, we talk about, I, I love that Elijah. We, we, we saw it already. He, he, could, have, he could have balked. He, he could have thought when he heard the confession of the woman, saying, listen, I'm going to go home and die. I haven't got enough. This, is, this isn't going to work. But he wasn't fazed by that at all. He, he just kept on confessing the simple thing that God had spoken. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. He saying, I know what the circumstances said. I've heard the words that have come out of your mouth, but this is what God has spoken. This is the word of the Lord that I have. And he he made a positive confession. Can I ask you today, what's coming out of your mouth? When people ask you about, you know, what's happening in the pandemic? What, what's been your confession? Has it just been, oh, it's just so hard. It's just this or it's that. But, or, or have you turned it around to a positive confession? They said, well, I don't know, it's pretty crazy. A lot of things have been shaken, but I believe God is still in control. <laughs> have you turned it around? And when people are saying, oh, I'm just so anxious and fearful, I don't know. Have you turned it around and said, well, yeah, I know what that's like, but you know, I've got a hope. I've got a peace. You know, I might've lost my job. Things might have been a bit tight and there's a lot of pressure, but you know, I've just got this incredible sense of hope. Have you turned, what's in your mouth? (laughs) My wife and I, a few months ago, we bought a puppy. We thought it was a dog, but it's growing into a horse. (laughs) You have experienced that? and Her name's Harry and I sometimes call her Harry Hoover because everywhere she goes, she's like a vacuum cleaner and and she's sniffing everything and, and so many different things end up in her mouth and it's probably every day a few times a day i have to grab her open up her jaws and say harry what have you got in your mouth sometimes it's a pair of socks sometimes it's a pair of undies sometimes it's something foul she's found out on the nature strip but it's an important question what's in your mouth what's in your mouth and my prayer is that for life church Let this be a a church, let let your life, let your home, let your marriage be a place where the the confession is is positive and it's faith-filled, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on. Let your confession be a confession of faith. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.